Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Yes, welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy, I'm Ian Camfield. Thank you for hanging out with this episode. If you've missed any previous episodes, if you're new, first of all, welcome. And secondly, all the old episodes can be found on our website at didyouamerica.com. And if you go back and listen to any other uh, old episodes, you may discover that... uh, I don't know, it could be suggested that we're not the greatest at doing obituaries. That's <laughs> not really our thing. I disagree. I think we're incredible at doing obituaries. Well, I think I've got the Prince Philip obituary down by virtue of the fact that we are recording this on Monday afternoon. He died, I think, uh, probably early Friday morning, Texas time. And pretty much since then, because I'm a Brit living in America, all I've had from literally every American I've run into since Friday are questions about Prince Philip. Well, yeah, you're the expert. Literally, if you're a British person living in America now, particularly if you're in a part of America where there aren't many other Brits, every American you run into thinks you have some sort of personal connection with the royal family. I mean, I could have sworn you were at least like a nephew or something. People just assume that. I mean, I, and trust me, I'm not, uh, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with this because it's my dream to live in the great state of Texas and not to be surrounded by other British people. I moved 5,000 miles from where I come from for a reason. In fact, I met someone over the weekend here in Dallas who told me that he has three friends that are British, one of whom he claimed she was his best friend. And I went, well, you and I can't be friends. Yeah, that guy has some issues, clearly. I I mean, like, you, you, he was like, but I'm born and bred in Dallas. I said, but you've got three Brits already. I, I, they're not, therefore, I'm not special. And don't bring them around. Normally, I'm not one to kink bash, but clearly that guy has a British kink. <laughs> right. And I, well, exactly. Can you imagine me finding anything so unappealing? No. I mean, my God. I, uh, I will say this, though. You should be pretty proud of yourself because I don't think you killed Prince Philip. It's, if you look, look back last week... There were no mentions of him on either episode, so this one, not on your hands. No, I mean, in the past, we have uh, gone through his racist outbursts. That's probably taken a good couple of episodes. Uh, But but, but that was a long long time ago. Right. Right, you know, (laughs) when he was uh, telling... uh, English students who were going to study in China that they shouldn't stay there for too long because otherwise they'd come back with slitty eyes. Did you hear that one? <laughs> now, to be honest, I could have sworn that he was already dead. I mean, we haven't heard from Prince Philip in years. Could this be that they had, like, mummified him and just kind of brought out this death now to be like, oh, all this Meghan Markle stuff, cover up, cover up, Prince Philip, oh, poor Prince, Prince Philip, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, when, uh, when they fathomed out that they couldn't send Meghan Markle to the Diana Tunnel and that she was going to be around long term and cause a lot of problems. They said, 
We need some sort of deflection mechanism. What about if we taxidermy Prince Philip and just lead people to believe that he's still alive and then every time she does something terrible, we'll wheel him out? I mean, it didn't really work because even when he was in hospital a few weeks ago and close to death, Meghan Markle was still on TV with Oprah saying they're racist and they didn't let me have my choice of dress at the (laughs) wedding because William's wife wanted it and that was getting all of the attention. So if it was a ploy, I'm not sure it was entirely successful. But you might be onto something. I mean, this is another reason why I I often talk about what age do you want to live to. And I think if you get to 70, that's a good time to sort of check in and see how healthy or not healthy you are. Because if you're doing good at 70 and you're enjoying life, then you probably want to stick around for a bit longer. But Prince Philip got to 99. I think he was two months away from being 100. And basically, when you get to that age, everything is going to be so messed up. It is going to be very difficult to tell whether or not you're an actual living, being, functioning person or a stuffed version of your former self. Because, I mean, he looked so frail and old when he was pictured going in and out of hospital a few weeks ago. What age did he turn purple? I feel like in every photo I've ever seen of him, he has like a weird purple hue to I him. Think the, uh, like uh, I think the... I think... I think... I th- I mean, I don't want to speculate that the ro- there might be some racists in the royal family, but I think when Meghan Markle showed up on the scene, that's when he became <laughs> so enraged, he started to become purple. Let me ask you this random quick tangent. Did they, like, did they at least rename the tunnel that Diana died in after her? Like, what's that tunnel referred to as now? On this podcast, it's the Diana right, Tunnel. Right, well, that's why I asked. Uh, I, 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 Is that the official name? Uh, no, I, I'm, I don't know what tunnel. It's just a tunnel in just, France, isn't it? You would think it? that become, would become the most famous tunnel, though. Um, I'm not aware that royalists line up inside the tunnel to take pictures of where she crashed in quite the same way as they line up outside Buckingham Palace and wait for the changing of the guard. Look, all I know is when Dirk Nowitzki retired from the Mavs, we took the street in front of American Airlines Center and renamed it Nowitzki Way, and he's still alive. Right. I think the tunnel should at least be the Diana Tunnel Died Here Tunnel. Official name. Well, you know what? If it was said, that sounds terrible. Maybe if you said it in French, it might sound better. I mean, French is always, French kind of always sounds good. I mean, I don't know. I did do French at school. I can't remember. I remember Je m'appelle Ian. I don't remember. (laughs) Bonjour. All right. Oui, oui, oui. I don't know. No. We, we, I think that was the conversation going on in the car. Princess Diana was going, no, no, no. And the driver was going, we, 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 (laughs) we have to go this way. Special orders from the Queen. We, we, we. He didn't know French. But no, I think think I'm right in saying that French is the the most expressive language in the world. So... um, I'd go with German. Usually that's just being yelled at my people, but... Here's Jeremy with a Jewish joke. There it is. No, German, um, German, German sounds aggressive even when the Germans are being nice to you. It's just got an aggressive tone to it. I mean, if you, um, if, 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 if Diana had crashed in Germany, even if the German driver was being nice, saying, no, 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 we're going to take the scenic route. There won't be any paparazzi. I love you, Princess Diana. It's going to be a really (laughs) joyful, comfortable journey. That in German, if you didn't understand it, just tonally, 
she would have that would have led her to believe she was about to die. Right. That's that's just how German is. Yeah, he'd still be in jail, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did it, not the Queen. Anyway, we're doing a great job of our Prince Philip obituary oh, right. so I, far, I, aren't I, we? I want a short tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is my so I so yeah, all I uh, all I've had uh, since Friday is uh, people coming up to me in the great state of Texas um, asking for uh, oh, it's almost like every friend I've got or just random people who hear my accent are a news reporter. They might as well be going, have you got a quote on Prince Prince Philip for us? So my two favorite things, one person said to me, so Prince Philip, that's your guy. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, yo, man, don't put that on me. It's 2021. <laughs> um, and my other thing, and this was someone I know, came up to me and he goes... <laughs> So bearing this was Sunday right so I, uh, this is on day three of me being an unofficial Prince Philip has died spokesperson Texas right right, yeah, right literally so by this point when this person said this I was unsure of as to whether they were being serious or not right comes up to me and goes so are you going back for the funeral <laughs> I'm like, I just got the invite in the mail. I'm like, my brain is so warped now from being the unofficial spokesperson. I don't know if this is a joke or not. Right. <laughs> like, you know. I see you go to the funeral. So um, this is funny. In the UK, right, uh, the, the most media went into obituary mode. They call it obit mode. Um you know, England. You could learn a bit about obits from this podcast. I think in terms yeah. of how in terms of how you deal with them, right? Because it might be suggested that occasionally we haven't done the best obits. Some people might have said that in some cases we were slightly insensitive. I don't know if that's maybe a few days early for some. Who knows? <laughs> Possibly. But the BBC, right now, the BBC. Remember, according to Americans or some Americans, is considered to be this bastion of news authority. And oh, I hear so many Americans say, "Oh God, thank God, I've got BBC World or whatever it is, because they're the only real news." And blah 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 blah. So you would expect the BBC of all places to be doing the utmost in terms of the tributes and the obit procedure to Prince Philip. Right. Since he died on Friday morning, the BBC have received over one. 100,000 complaints about their coverage of Prince Philip's death. And I don't think it's because of the actual content of the coverage. It's because every BBC channel, and there are loads, radio and TV, online, digital, everything, just stopped their programming and went, okay, for a radio station, we just basically have to play... Adele and slow Coldplay songs from now on. <laughs> and, and, and if we're a TV network, we're going to stop our scheduled programming and we're just going to show the greatest hits of Prince Philip intersp interspersed <laughs> with some people making comments about Prince Philip. What are and, the greatest uh, hits of Prince Philip? <laughs> well, I gave you one earlier about the slitty eyes. I think there was... Um, there, no, he did genuinely say that. I, I, no, I, I literally... I, this is where the, the, the Americans' coverage is better because I didn't know that. I got that from ABC News, right? <laughs> I was listening to some ABC News coverage on Friday evening, so the, the man's been dead for barely 24 hours. Hours. I mean, if you don't buy into our theory that he was taxidermied several right. years ago, of course. Um, and they were uh, they were saying it's been a solemn day in uh, the UK today because of the death of uh, Prince Philip. And then they did about two sentences on you know he served in the uh, uh, the armed forces and he was by the Queen's side for seventy whatever years it was. 
And then when he was also a quarter of controversy, and then they went to a reporter who basically might have been a, might as well have been a stand-up comic, going, "Hey, did you hear the one about the slitty eyes?" And then and then I think the the other line ABC News gave me was um, he. <laughs> Because they would send him and the Queen out to do royal engagements, right? right? He did something in, I don't know why, but something in Scotland where he had to meet some driving instructors. You call them people who teach yeah, people how to yeah, drive, yeah. right? So he met some driving instructors in Scotland and his he's comment to the driving instructor was, how do you make sure your students stay off the sauce long enough to drive sober? Because they were you know, in Scotland. Because every 16-year-old in Scotland is hammered at all times. Well, I think <laughs> they, they, in, in Prince Philip's head, they're hammered from about the age of 10. Yeah. So anyway, the BBC, they're not doing any of that. They're just doing their, their solemn tributes. And apparently it's wall-to-wall nonstop tributes. And I don't think anyone's complained about the actual content. But what they complained about was that it was just blanket coverage on everything the BBC had for effectively three days. And so out of all of the screw-ups that the BBC have ever made, and there are many... This is the one thing that they've they've received more complaints about than anything else. And the complaints are extensively saying, but I tuned in to watch MasterChef <laughs> and all I'm getting is wall-to-wall -wall Prince Philip coverage. And the BBC, because they're so fucking stupid, I hate the BBC. It's the most overstaffed, overfunded. I've, I've said it on this podcast before. If you live in the UK, you have to pay a license fee. It's not like a subscription service like media is here in a proper country. The BBC, I'm not, the BBC fine to exist, but I've always said should be a subscription service, as in if you want it, you can pay for it. If you don't want it you don't pay for it but it's legal and you can go to jail if you don't pay this you have to pay an annual license fee that is probably about the equivalent of $200 and every household has to pay that each year for the BBC so it's a it's a tax that is a legal requirement so anyway but the BBC, they've got all this money, but they just don't employ people who, who, who have any kind of sensible thinking because I, mean, I get that they're the BBC, so they have to do the coverage. Don't you think it would be sensible for one, maybe two networks to do back-to-back -back coverage? And then on the other networks, they say, if you would like to watch our Prince Philip coverage, you can switch to BBC One or go to Radio 4 or whatever it is. But no, they did the same coverage on all of the networks. So you go BBC One, BBC Two, BBC One, same thing. The same exact thing at yeah, the same exact time. Yeah, and, and not one of those networks was doing the jokes about slitty eyes. <laughs> See, I feel like that was the BBC's attempt to be like, oh no, the royal family still means something because like, you know, obviously here in America, if a, if a former president dies, all news coverage goes to 100% that for the entire 24 hour of that day. So like, but, 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 but that's news coverage. The BBC are doing it on their channels right, that show right. entertainment no, for sure, shows. For sure. I mean, even. I mean, put it this way. You would still see, like, the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, but, I, but I bet there were, Mario Lopez would still be giving me my Entertainment Tonight update that <laughs> evening. I mean, the headline might be that the former president had died, right? But then he gets straight to Katy Perry. Just admit it. Like, 8,000 of those calls were you pissed that you couldn't watch Knight Rider. <laughs> Like, I don't know if BBC airs Knight Rider. I'm assuming they do, and I know that would piss you off. I will get, again, BBC, God, you should pay me as a consultant. God knows you got enough money with that communist tax that you take from your people. 
Here's a great example. On Friday, here in the great state of Texas, um, this was the same time the BBC were ranking, uh, 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 rallying up those uh, 100,000 complaints. There was a big storm warning in Dallas because uh, some of that golf-sized ball hail was right. coming in, right? And that becomes a breaking news thing. In Dallas, people get very concerned about the adverse weather because sometimes it can turn into tornadoes. And so... Um, TV coverage is interrupted, right? Now, I didn't see this till after the event because I was watching it on my DVR, but on Friday evening, of course, my DVR taped the latest episode of Magnum, right? Of course. And during it, there were regular updates, unscheduled programming for where the golf-sized ball hail was and what the chances were of it turning into a tornado. Oh, yeah. They happened during the ad breaks. Right. I didn't miss one bit of Magnum. Sometimes some, they'll some, bleed some, it for like a second. Some, no, no. <laughs> some, some young single parent dropped a baby outside Magnum's estate and ran off and everyone thought, oh my God, it's Magnum's baby. <laughs> and I discovered within the hour that actually it wasn't Magnum's baby. They found the single parent. They reunited the baby with her. It was a happy ending. At one point, Magnum had to take off his shirt and use it as a diaper for a comedy <laughs> moment. That basically was the storyline of of last Friday's episode of Magnum, and despite the fact that there might have been golf ball-sized hail happening out my window, and a, a CBS had to give me updates on that, I, my, my enjoyment of the storyline of that episode of Magnum was not interrupted. Take note, BBC. Stop trying to turn this podcast into our new podcast where you describe 80s television to me. It's not 80s television. It's a show it's, based it, on it, 80s it's television. It's a remake of it's an... the same thing. <laughs> well, it is the same thing. That's why it's successful. But anyway... That's my point, right? That's the way you do it, BBC. Don't, like, I couldn't give a shit about MasterChef, but clearly 100,000 of your viewers care about that more than your wall-to-wall coverage of Prince Philip. Last thing on Prince Philip. Oh, no, I've still got more to go. Okay, cool. Well, well, (laughs) the question I have on Prince Philip, then. Now, I want to be the last American to ask you a dumb question about Prince Philip. This is probably going to be gone, you know, news has passed. I, uh, what time is it now? We're recording this at two o'clock in the afternoon. I don't have to go out for a few more hours. I think before I have to go out to work later today, there's enough time for me to order a t-shirt to be printed and I'm just going to have printed on the front of it. I'm done with Prince Philip questions, right? <laughs> so anyone, like, they just know, they'll see that and then if they hear me speak, they'll be like, all right, we won't ask and him. And then on the back, we'll just put a list of, like, the 10 most frequently asked questions and just the answers. No, on the back, to quote what someone else said to me, it should just say, he's not my guy (laughs) (laughs) or i'm not going to the funeral (laughs) so prince philip was the queen's wife no oh do you know something we don't (laughs) they were i mean he was incredibly racist but when it came to transgender he was very progressive is that what you're saying he was the brother he was the son What? He was the husband. What was his relationship to the queen? He was the husband. He was the husband of the queen. Yes. So why is he not the king? That makes it seem like she's banging her son. Oh, yeah, that is a point. Why was he not the king? Um, oh, well, you, uh, the, you, you need to ask probably any American who would know the answer to this better than me. Because okay, first of all, I know for a fact that in America, we have U.S. history all throughout school. Do they not teach you anything about England in school? 
you should know that from like seventh grade on the hierarchy they do of but, the monarchy. I, but but i was never interested i was interested in henry the eighth because he chopped so many people's heads off where's nigel have nigel call in and tell us what the hierarchy <laughs> my cousin nigel yeah. could you explain the royal family family tree to us please explain to me why the queen is not banging her son i do wonder if it's uh this this could actually be the end of it now um because i mean the queen is very is very very old at this point and um you know i mean they were together for 70 odd years she's in good health but there's always that thing where if you've got a, a, a an elderly couple that were together for decades and decades and both of them are old when one dies the other one quite often dies right um soon after not that i'm you know i'm obviously not wishing that on the queen but that's just something that that happens to to um you know to a lot of of elderly couples and i do wonder because once you start going beneath the queen in the royal family family tree there are just so many screw-ups and so many people that have just not done the royal duties correctly will people suddenly once she's gone Will people suddenly lose interest in it? Because, I mean, for example, the next one down that would take over from the Queen would be Prince Charles. He would become king. I mean, does anyone in their right mind want that? Well, I'd say that I don't think, you know, it seems like they probably weren't that close. Like I said, I'm pretty sure Prince Philip had been dead for years. So I don't know if the Queen's going to have that, you know, bond like oh my god the person i've spent every second of every day i think she will i think i think you might be buying into our taxidermy theory a bit too much at this point i think (laughs) is that actually there was someone else who had a close bond with prince philip that passed away because of it and that was dmx clearly (laughs) prince philip and dmx were lovers dmx just could not handle his man not being on this earth anymore and there he went that (laughs) was Can I just say, by the way, and I saw a few things from people posting on social media saying, when someone dies, you should think twice before making a humorous or political comment, because obviously that was what was coming out about Prince Philip. That may or may not be true. However, the best post that I saw, because DMX and Prince Philip died on the same day, the best post came from Jeffrey Ross, the roast guy, Right. right? that said, coincidentally, Prince Philip's last words were, where my dogs are? <laughs> everyone, everyone knows Prince, Prince Philip loved the Rough Riders anthem. <laughs> well, the Queen did have a lot of corgis. So, where my dogs are? Right? I mean, it's ju- it just works. So, well done, Jeffrey Ross. That was, uh, that was my favourite. Uh, that should have been, yeah, he- been a headline on the Daily Mail. Well... Um, <laughs> I, you know, but my other idea then from that, well, then I then I read about the hundred thousand complaints that the BBC got, and I thought, well, because the BBC, um, they do have some networks, particularly radio networks, that are geared towards young people. They don't just do high end news right. and that kind of serious coverage. They could when they started getting the complaints coming in. They could have just switched at least a couple of those networks to wall-to-wall DMX. <laughs> I mean, what? They, well, I mean, just to change it up, you would have been providing a better all-round, all-encompassing public service if you'd done that. I mean, imagine not, and they don't really talk like this on the BBC anymore. But I always like to, if I talk about the BBC, like go back to like the stereotypical like 1950s. Yeah, see. Now, now on the BBC, there is a choice of listening due to the sad passing of two major celebrities on BBC one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, apparently wall to wall coverage of 
His Royal Highness Prince Philip on Radio One back to back DMX. Enjoy the real royal family together one last time. <laughs> I will say this, though. We all know celebrity deaths come in three. So just make sure in the next Oh, we have this, a third? Yeah. Well, just I'm saying, like, we don't want to be held responsible once again. Don't mention any other celebrities for the rest of this podcast. My speculation on what happens when one of the, the one person in a real long-term elderly couple dies might have been bad. Imagine if the Queen just goes this week. Oh, God, you'll definitely get all the blame. <laughs> but this podcast will definitely blow up. There is that. Hello, Westwood One. You're going to want to syndicate us then. Um, all right. Uh, so, okay, well, I think that was... a. D- 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 could we... Um, could we rank this as one of our more effective tributes, do I think, you think the fact that we did it not before he died it already makes it a win. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, there you go. Look, BBC, 100,000 complaints and three days of back-to-back coverage. We nailed that in 23 minutes. Crushing it. <laughs> uh, we got some other stuff to discuss that's not Royal Family related and also new songs of the week to set up. But before we do that, let's do last week's songs of the week. New York producer chose Woman by Dave glow that got four percent of the vote uh jeremy's choice freddie gibbs with big boss rabbit eight percent of the vote well done to royal blood the song debuted on tiktok uh getting roblox wasn't it roblox no yeah roblox sorry thanks for saving me i'm 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 not thinking straight because why you bring in the because 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 my guy died yeah that's what i should have said my, 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 oh my god are you going to the funeral i said oh dmx he, me and him were super tired <laughs> you'll be getting a dmx boy that's for sure <laughs> i did when i went through my hip-hop period in the 2000s i bought a copy i've got it here in this apartment on cd it's dark and hell is hot i know dmx i mean I, I don't know I don't know if I could name a song from it, but I definitely <laughs> remember buying that. When did that album come out? Like 2003? I, I think so. Maybe early. Early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I definitely remember going to a record store early 2000s and buying It's Dark and Hell is Hot. It might have been during the same purchase I almost, I also got on CD single I Wish by Ski Low. This is a long way of saying you crushed us in Song of the Week once again. I was strictly hip-hop <laughs> uh, in 2003, or whenever It's whenever Dark and it Hell was. is Hot came out. Somewhere from 98 to 06. <laughs> right, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that also when Gin and Juice was big? Because I love that by <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Right, yeah. All right, anyway, yeah, Royal Blood, the song debuted on Roblox Limbo, uh, that one with 88% of the vote. Oh, by the way, Talking of Roblox, because this was a conversation on uh, the uh, previous episode of the podcast, uh, I was discussing the fact that um, that that Royal Blood video was my introduction to Roblox. I'd never seen the graphics before. Before this, it was just uh, Roblox was something that my nieces love to play on. And I couldn't believe for how huge it is, how crappy the graphics are. Um, Our very, very talented animator, um, Jose, did message to say that if we want to give our digiamerica.com website a Roblox makeover, he could absolutely draw a cartoon version of you in a Roblox style by using a pencil shoved up his ass. As long as he makes it look like Ben Franklin, we're all good. Right, yeah, he definitely... Why Why did we come up with Ben Franklin? Uh, there was a girl who told me when I was sweaty and looking quite bald on top that I looked like Ben Franklin. And I told her that Ben Franklin back in the day was swimming in pussy. I... <laughs> 
Yes, I remember now. Well, Jose confirms that if you want to look like a Roblox Jeremy Ben Franklin, he could do it using a pencil shoved up his ass. Hey, get the job done, Jose. <laughs> All right, we've got some new songs for you to vote for on uh, Song of the Week, so we'll get to those and uh, some other stuff in part two of Did You America. DidYouAmerica.com is the website, by the way. Okay, let's do part two of Did You America. He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Canfield. Uh, we have some new songs of the week, which you can vote for at didyouamerica.com slash song, or you can go on to my Twitter. I will have a poll for you there. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Uh, here are your choices for the next seven days. New York producer has gone with Starstruck by Years and Years. I have chosen Miguel's new song, So I Lie. And uh, I, w- I thought this is a bit obvious, but then I thought, oh, screw it. I'm doing it anyway. Shy Away by 21 Pilots. They've got new hair and they're back. <laughs> so obvious, but I like it. All right. So they're your choices. Uh, didyouamerica.com slash song if you want to vote on the website or I'll get a poll on my Twitter I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter New York producer's choice Starstruck by Years and Years Jeremy going for So I Lie by Miguel and uh, I am going for Shy Away by 21 Pilots Happy Grilled Cheese Day Oh, what a holiday What a holiday Um it used to be if there was any news about grilled cheese, I would immediately go to the greatest moment for grilled cheese in the history of America ever, which is where Larry King and Marilyn Manson discussed that that was the ultimate sandwich. Right. Um, fucking hell, Marilyn Manson, you've really ruined that now. You, you ruined you, everything. One of my, you've ru- oh, my God. When they do the when they do the write ups about these terrible things that you've been accused of, and there'll be people coming out saying he ruined so many lives and all grilled cheese related stories. If you want to hear our grilled cheese take, just track back a few episodes pre Larry King dying, pre uh, Marilyn Manson getting canceled, and that's where we get to discuss grilled cheese. I, I will I will say this. I mean, I don't I don't know what Marilyn Manson did or didn't do. The allegations are pretty terrible, and uh, it seems like I mean he's been canceled by just about everyone. He's got no manager, record label, or anything anymore. Um, but if no you no Resner, no no Resner. Um, but if you uh, you know if you can still stomach Marilyn Manson from better times. It is a tremendous exchange on how great grilled cheese is, um, especially when it gets to the bit, and it's on YouTube, especially when it gets to the bit where uh, Marilyn Manson suggests that you add ketchup and, uh, to your grilled cheese sandwich. And uh, Larry King goes, really? I never tried that. Although, I will say this, that if you've got the right cheese and you're doing the grilling appropriately, there ain't no need for ketchup on that sandwich. That should have been a telltale sign that Marilyn Manson was in some ways into some very unorthodox practices, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it was like he was, he was trying to tell us. There's always telltale signs. You know, I think it's really important to be able to separate the art from the artist. You know, so like, yes, Marilyn Manson's a bad boy. But that take on grilled cheese is a masterpiece. Right, exactly. I wasn't talking about his music. Uh, no, no, music. no, no, no. If you, I mean, you know, you might not be able to listen to the beautiful people or his cover of Sweet Dreams or anything like that without, like, just thinking, oh, but he's a terrible human being. Um, but he was right up until a point. See, this is the thing with Marilyn Manson. He's okay up until a point, right? Yeah. He portrayed <laughs> this kind of 
dark, depraved image, and it was used for art, but previously he came across as quite intelligent and respectful, and then he basically turned into the monster, allegedly, that he was presenting on stage. It's the same as if he'd have just stopped at grilling the cheese in the bread, but no, he added ketchup. You know what my issue with grilled cheese is? There's no grill in the process. What do you mean? I mean, I'm not going outside on the barbecue and slapping down some bread and cheese. Generally, it's just on a little pan, you know? A little yeah, griddle. well, I mean, there's right some wrong ways of doing it. The, the other thing that I th- thought pan about... fried cheese. Yeah, when I when I saw about it, uh, it being National Grilled Cheese Day. So the grilled cheese sandwich is apparently America's uh, uh, second most popular form of grilled cheese. The uh, main, number one, most popular form of grilled cheese is on a pizza. And every time I read something like this, I always think of... Basically, what a scam pizza places are. And I love pizza as much as the next person. And certainly, you can go to certain restaurants or maybe some um, takeout places, and they definitely make those pizzas taste better than than other places. But when you think about how much it costs for a, a slice of pizza in certain establishments, and yeah, you really enjoy it, but the markup for the people that are making the pizza, because you are essentially, as this uh, survey suggests, you are essentially paying for cheese on toast <laughs> with, a, with a few small slices of other things as toppings. And if you go into a place that, yeah, I, I admit, I've done this, you spend like six, seven bucks on a slice of pizza and it tastes great, but seven bucks for essentially grilled cheese. You need to calm down, man. You've said a lot of crazy things on this podcast. That is what's going to get you cancelled It's trying to take down pizza. I'm not taking, I love it, but I'm just saying, I mean, I almost think like damn what was i thinking trying to get into radio and having some sort of broadcasting career when i could have basically just grilled some cheese which (laughs) which slice for slice is probably going to be costing me about 50 cents and i'm selling it for seven bucks because i've got some novel way of marketing it have you seen like they're actually now even starting to do that with grilled cheese forever grilled cheese was the the cheap childhood snack right right right. two pieces of bread and some cheese but now there's like these grilled cheese restaurants popping up all over DFW where they're putting bacon and you know other things in the sandwich and they're just gonna sell it for like nine, ten dollars for a, a grilled cheese with a little bit extra. Anything that is is retailed in any kind of eating establishment that is essentially grilled cheese, the markup on it has gotta be Something ridiculous, like 500%. It's just crazy. There is a, a, a... I live in Deep Ellum in Dallas, and there is this hipster pizza place that opened recently, and I've been in there. I've had their pizza. It's great. It's called Serious Pizza, yes. right? it's Um You can buy full pies, or they do... it. Their, their thing is that everything's giant size, so if you buy a pie, you can barely fit it through your front door. Right. If, you, if you buy a slice... I mean, it's it, like a pie. Yeah, yeah, you literally. Which, again, I, I get that as a, as a selling point. Um... But if I go in there and like build my own pie, and I, I've got pretty bland pizza taste, I kind of like uh, pe- pe- pepperoni and sausage, and maybe I'll stick some onion on there, right. and, and that's it. That's my go-to pizza. That's all you need. Right, yeah. But you know what you'd also need for that slice in Serious Pizza? About eight bucks. Oh, yeah, that's a rip and, and And what they do is they've got it down because they've, got it, they, they've turned it into this real kind of uh, hipster pizza place. So when you go in... The first thing that strikes well, the first thing that strikes you is the size of the slices. The other thing that strikes you is the fact that they've got someone in there 
tossing the dough, oh, like yeah, throwing it the into scene. the air, like it, yeah, like it's a whole scene, like they're doing some sort of like street art in the corner, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, very deep. Album. It's like yeah, I mean, I almost want to go to the guy tossing the pizza and go. How diverse are your talents? Like, if I see you on a Monday throwing massive pizza dough and catching it, can I see you on Tuesday as a mime artist around the corner? <laughs> you, like, you know, they do competitive pizza dough tossing. Do they? Yeah. So, like, every year during the summer, when like there aren't a lot of sports going on, ESPN will turn into ESPN the Ocho and show a bunch of obscure sports. Right. And competitive pizza dough tossing was one of them. Wow. Last year. It was incredible. So that's what that guy's doing other times. Well, again, and, and this is just me. I'm not talking down about these places because I love serious pizza and 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 I love pizza in general. I'm just saying it as a great idea that other people have had, and clearly I didn't because again. When you think about it, how did they advertise to get people to work in serious pizza? I don't think they placed any advertisements asking for high-end chefs to achieve a specific taste, even though their pizza is great. Their advertisement probably said, are you good at catch? <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you throw pizza in the air? Yeah, literally, like, how much baseball experience yeah. have you got? Because if you can throw the ball and maybe catch the ball, then you're probably going to be good at doing pizza tossing. Oh, for sure. You know? I, uh, I mean, have you ever tried tossing dough in the air, though? It's not easy. Dough is not something I've tried to toss, no. It's not. I'm telling you, it is, a, it is definitely a skill. So whatever their training method is, you know, they're probably bringing in someone from Italy firsthand. I'm telling you, serious pizza, they take their pizza seriously. <laughs> Well, well, that's not their slogan. They need to leave Dallas right now. I think they do take their pizza seriously, and their pizza tastes great, but I think they take more seriously the people that are doing the art around it that, that yeah. therefore makes it an $8 slice of pizza. It just goes back to my original point. Yes, it tastes great, and yes, I love it, but you are paying about $8 for a slice of grilled cheese. See, that's actually where Texas has figured out how to do things better. I want to take aim at one point in this story that we're getting this info from you. They said that pizza is every is America's favorite melted cheese and grilled cheese is America's second favorite melted cheese. And I big beg to differ because here in Texas, we have one favorite melted cheese and one only, and that's chips and queso. <laughs> and no matter where you go, you're not going to get some fancy $15 chips and queso. It's going to be no more than $5 every single Tex-Mex restaurant you go. And it's the absolute best option for melted cheese. You know why? Because you can take that grilled cheese. You can take that slice of pizza. You can take whatever cheese dish you have, and you can dip it into more cheese. It right. doesn't get more American than that. It's just another example, perhaps, of where Texas is different. I'm a... Uh... I'm starting a diet today. Yeah, it sucks. And like, really? I'm, oh yeah, I'm like super I disappointed. I can't wait. Now I'm talking about cheese and like, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go get cheese after this. Should we? <laughs> should we mention the um, the uh, elements of this diet just to hold you accountable? Oh, you dude, it's so. I literally just found one online. I don't know how to diet. I don't know anything. Did you? About yeah, health. but you know what I'm reading from this? You checked out while I was speaking about Prince Philip because you got so bored and started googling diets, and now you've decided that you're gonna go low carb for the next week. I was like, this British dude. <laughs> just won't shut up about the royal family. Let me just try to lose weight while I'm at it. Yeah, what is it? Oh, I have, again, like, I have no idea about anything for health. I literally Googled, like, fat people trying to diet for the first time. What do I do? And <laughs> found a random story that gave me a low calorie, or a low, yeah, low calorie diet, you know, just, uh, you know, watching 
calories, I guess. I don't know. They just, I'm a baby. I need to literally have everything lined up and planned out for me. So it tells me every meal to do, and I've, I followed it to the T. Let's yeah. see how it goes. Okay, well, good luck with that. I will uh, commend you on your self-awareness, the fact that what you Googled was fat people dieting for the first time. Yeah. I mean, it worked. Well, we'll see if it works. Come back in a month. If you had more time to type, you could have put who looked like a young Walter Becker. (laughs) Oh, we have the perfect plan for you. (laughs) It's called cocaine. (laughs) Yeah, that's how Walter Becker stayed so thin. See, that's my issue. I had that diet plan in college. It just doesn't work for me anymore. (laughs) Um, Here's one of uh, Jeremy's favorite topics. Um, Elon Musk getting ever closer to becoming a Bond villain. His latest concept is that he wants to build a real-life Jurassic Park. What? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the most villainous headline I have ever heard. Do people not realize that every single Jurassic Park movie... The park fails. It's not a good thing that the park exists in every iteration of the film. Yeah, yeah. So he's, uh, his company say that they're ready to start implanting computer chips in people's brains later this year. That was one shocking headline. Um, but alongside that, he went, hey, you know what? Once we've got your brains, I'm going to build an army of animals, basically, like Jurassic Park. Can we send him to Mars already? Like, when's that happening? Um, he said it wouldn't be exactly Jurassic Park. Um, it, were, it wouldn't be genetically authentic dinosaurs, but maybe 15 years of breeding and engineering to get a super exotic novel species. That's like the exact plot of the new Jurassic Park. I mean... Uh, you are onto something here. If we hadn't exposed the fact that the long-awaited new Bond movie final Daniel Craig outing is destined to be a remake of the Sean Connery movie Never Say Never Again, of course, this this could be whoever's going to play Bond next. This isn't so much Jurassic Park. This could be the if it's going to be uh, who's that guy that Tom Hardy that people right, keep right. right. This could be a real-life Jurassic Park with an Elon Musk type Bond villain. Could be the plot of Tom Hardy. Hardy's first James Bond movie. You guys better hope that Chris Pratt is ready to fight real dinosaurs because he's used to doing it on green screen. I don't know if he can do it in real life. I don't understand people's obsession with dinosaurs. I have one basic rule in life, and that's if you used to be a dinosaur, I do not fucks with you. Birds, lizards, certain sea creatures, uh uh-uh, get away from me. Sharks, that's a sea dinosaur. Stay away. Yeah, yeah, that is a good rule. Iguanas, land dinosaur. Stay away. Well, I mean, the the iguanas, do we know that it was uh, the natural weather environment in Florida that made them start falling out of the trees and killing people by landing on their heads, or was that an Elon Musk thing as well? I, I'm starting to think it was Elon. This could, that could have been the beginning of his new Jurassic Park. Imagine, right? This is the this is the start of the new Tom Hardy Bond movie. Right. Elon Musk as the uh, the new version of Blofeld is sitting in a hollowed out volcano, right, with a cat on his lap, but it's a genetically modified cat in some way, right? It's like a cross between a cat and what would be like a super species. Um, a dog. A cat dog, if you will. It's a cat dog. Yes, half cat, half dog. And someone says, 
oh, Mr. Musk, I love your pet. It looks great. And he goes, yes, but how are we getting on with those iguanas? How's the population <laughs> of Florida going? Is, have, we, have we reduced it sufficiently? The people in Florida will think it's just a natural thing that the iguanas are falling out of the trees, but really it's just something that I'm doing. He tricked us because he was like, ha-ha, falling iguanas. It sounds like a great headline. Everyone's going to make jokes that it's the worst metal band of all time. And secretly, I'm killing everyone in Florida with them. Yeah. Elon Musk, don't fall for his tricks, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you. you snakes? Snakes. Caged dinosaurs. Don't fucks with them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about um, talking of things that aren't real. A new Prince album that's coming out in July. And um, uh, apparently it's called Welcome to America. And it was recorded in 2010. And my feelings on this are... When you take the uh, notion that everyone is more popular once they're dead, the potential for a new Prince album that apparently has just been discovered uh, to sell in huge quantities, that, you know, there's, there's good, uh, good potential there. But then I think about all of this AI that's been used recently to create music that sounds like your favorite bands. You can check out an AI version of Nirvana. I've heard some Iron Maiden. Um, I think there might be some Sabbath as well. Um, I mean, it sounds like in the case of Nirvana, Kurt Cobain's alive and they've made a new song and, and it's actually pretty good. As in, if he turned up alive and Courtney Love went, oh, for God's sake, I thought I killed you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, and put out a new song that was basically this AI thing. You go, oh my God, that's really good. New Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. So conspiracy theory, this undiscovered Prince apparently unreleased from 2010. Is it or is it the Prince estate going, let's get some AI on this and we can set it to the masses? Robot Prince. I feel like I'd kind of be down for that. Now, I'd believe this theory, but I think it's just becoming more and more clear that it's not AI Prince. It's actually just Prince's family really always hated Prince. <laughs> yeah, because like he's he's the type of dude that like he didn't want all his music out there. He was very secretive. He would perform in the dark. You know, he was weird and artsy. And now his family's just like, yeah, another thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New album, new album. Put it out. They literally go like, oh, this is so much easier. We can release new music and look him in the eye. The I, AI version of Prince is way more agreeable to work I with. I could have sworn I heard Raspberry Beret on a commercial the other day. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, like, at least just maybe not an AI prince, like, at least give us a hologram or something so we can at least see him. Well, know? well, also, this is another thing that, um, that makes me suspicious. And I'm not saying that these are bad topics for new music, but this all suggests it's a bit too much like, oh, not only have we got a new, new prince material that no one's ever heard, you won't believe how relevant and now it is. Because according, <laughs> according to the press release, the lyrics are about concerns, hopes, and visions for a shifting society, uh, persistently foreshadowing an era of political division, disinformation, and a renewed fight for racial justice. Now, I'd never, I've never played with AI, but I think if you typed out into some AI machine what I just read and then said, comma, make it sound like Prince, right? That would you, th- this, 2021 plus Prince. <laughs> right, exactly. And then suddenly, Suddenly, you've got this, and I just think, like, well, you know. Again, technology is pretty good, but based off of that description, I'd say the more likely scenario is Prince is actually just alive living on Tupac Island. Well, well Tupac, isn't, isn't, I think I'm right in saying that Tupac has now officially released more new
new music since he was dead than he released new music when he was alive. Oh, yeah. Me, for me, growing up, when I first got into hip-hop, all the Tupac I heard was post-life releases. You know, I didn't get into what made Tupac famous till I was, you know, old enough to discover it on my own. Right, right, back, right. But. So so, so the, the value in an artist releasing anything, I mean, the value in an artist's prior work once they're, they, they're, they've died goes up dramatically because suddenly people start streaming it. Right. I mean, have you heard the greatest hits of Prince Philip? His songs are number one on iTunes right now. <laughs> oh, slanty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drinking with the Scots. Actually, that song's called "Drink uh, DUI with the Scots." Right. <laughs> drinking and driving with Scottish people. What a title. Um, yeah, there's all of that. There was a Tupac released. Uh, Tupac released uh, way more stuff. I remember. Um, the you know the last couple of albums that Motorhead put out, Lemmy was very sick during those. He he died of only a few months after what turned out to be Motorhead's last album. But their penultimate album was their biggest selling album in about twenty five years. They they literally not sold as many as they did of their penultimate album since the heyday of the band when they first started, and it was because. During the making of that album and then the tour afterwards, they cancelled some shows because he started to get really sick. Right. And so suddenly people were interested. And I remember saying to him at the time, oh, well done on the, the sales of, I think it was called Aftershock, the Aftershock album. And he said to me, yeah, that's what happens when you almost die. You don't <laughs> even have to actually die to have a spike in sales. If right. you get pretty close to death, suddenly people give a shit. Man, you know? we should almost kill me to spark up uh, interest in this podcast. Well, I think with this diet you're going on, we could get pretty close to that by, uh, <laughs> that's by, what I'm doing. by Thursday. Yeah, Drum up some attention I, I keep here. I keep on saying to you, sometimes you have to suffer for your art. You wait, just wait till you're calling me jacked walter becker <laughs> but I, I i do wonder as well with prince um i don't know if this is ai prince and and what the the family oh, are doing with, with, with this new stuff but you do then wonder now because i think there were big disputes as to who in the family's got the rights to the estate and right who, and, 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 right, and, 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 and who can do what and to your point hearing raspberry beret in an advertisement like how much are the people from the Prince family that have now got control of the Prince estate basically going to make Prince for sale? Because he was oh. all, even though he was very commercially successful, was always very anti certain uh, commercializations Absolutely. of the music industry. Like Changed his name for a few years. Right, when he became Symbol because, <laughs> because he, he, he felt like he was a slave to his record label as, Their, as, as Prince's Prince. Prince's family is going to do what the Bob Marley family has done with his name. You're going to start seeing it on like weed grinders and like anything with a pot leaf. They're gonna, the way that Marley does it with their name, they're like, no, screw it, put Prince on there too. That, I can see that. And, 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 Prince uh, pill bottles. And to your point about uh, Tupac, how long until we get the Prince hologram? Because if they, oh. if they, if they seriously are going to put Prince on sale in every regard, then the hologram is probably the the pinnacle of the family selling out. I'm really upset that after the Coachella Tupac hologram that they didn't become more of a thing. Like, you always heard rumors after that there was going to be like a... I think they tried to do a Whitney Houston one. There are all these different ones. But 
there was something about the Tupac one that was so real. It literally convinced people that Tupac wasn't dead. I had a friend who may or may not have been on some substances at that Coachella, and he was convinced that after seeing the hologram that Tupac was indeed alive this whole time, living on an island outside of Africa. Meanwhile, his other friend also on a lot of substance at the time, was convinced that he had died and heaven was a Tupac <laughs> concert. That's how good the hologram was. See, I thought the ultimate experience at Coachella is if you go there with some passes and it's one of the years David Hasselhoff's backstage with a kit car and you right. can sit in Knight Rider <laughs> if you've got the right wristband. But uh, that is a... So you do too many mushrooms or something similar right. and the, t the Tupac hologram is so convincing that one of your thought that he, your buddy thought that he had died and was now in heaven watching Tupac perform. Yes. He was like, my God, Jimi Hendrix is on next. <laughs> I tell you all the time, and then, Rock and Roll Heaven sounds incredible. Lennon, Lennon's ever. headlining and he's not going to do any of that shit from the Yoko side of the album because she's not up there yet. The he's he like, you know what, Rock and Roll, you know the best thing about Rock and Roll Heaven? When John Lennon performs, you only get the John Lennon songs from Double Fantasy. He started crying during the performance. He was like, when did Snoop Dogg get here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do wonder if we'll have the, the Prince hologram. I think um, the problem with the holograms, though, obviously the Tupac one was amazing, but I don't think there's been a consistent enough standard out of the people that have done it because your point is very valid that you would have thought that they would have caught on more because I think people kind obviously people love Tupac, the hologram. I think people kind of like the Whitney Houston one. Right. Um, that also may be something to do with the fact that towards the end of her career, she went so far off the rails, you were better off getting a hologram Whitney Houston than, than the <laughs> live, the, the, than the real thing for the last few years. Um, but I think, I mean, have you ever seen the Dio one? This is the whole, this is bad hologram. Oh yeah, I do remember they tried that. I mean, I will say that the, 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 it, it, it looked so creepy and horrible. Now, I'm a big Dio fan. Obviously, he's one of the biggest vocalists in metal. And I, I didn't know him, but I met him a few times doing interviews. He was one of the nicest, just great people. And I saw him, like I mean, he lived till his late 60s right. and could belt out those songs that with really demanding vocals. And, and he was just amazing. Um, and I can't tell you what a great talent Dio was, and also from my limited experience with him, what a wonderful person he came across as being, and that was also echoed by pretty much everyone that worked with him about what a terrific person he was. Um, and I'm saying all this at great length to build up to the fact that I'm now going to say that the Dio hologram was so horrible that when that was on stage, I'd be like, for fuck's sake, lock up your kids. Like, <laughs> this person looks like a sex pest who is, who, who, who is gonna be on a rampage. I mean, he looked like someone who was at the airport waiting to get on the Lolita Express with Jeffrey Epstein to Pedophile Island. Maybe that's what that year at Coachella actually taught everyone, is unless the entire crowd is on way too much drugs, it's just gonna look like the Disney like animatronic hall of presidents performing yeah i mean that was the thing i haven't i didn't go to any of the actual shows that that dio hologram did but watching it online just watching it on my macbook right it looked not only fake and horrible but fucking creepy i mean like if you had if you had stuck that hologram 
in a Harry Potter movie to be the villain, just it visually would take a Harry Potter movie f- to, from being for kids to R rated. <laughs> I mean, it was it was that horribly Dio creepy, that right? So, and and again, Dio, as I said, when I saw him in person and stuff, great, but the hologram, not so much. Not so, much. so that's why I think we haven't got the widespread hologram tours um, as much as you might have thought because for whatever reason there isn't a consistent standard and maybe you are correct maybe that the standard is you have to be out of your mind to actually think right. they're great that and it's significantly cheaper just like you know go on youtube and watch an old video when they were alive <laughs> right that might be a better idea all right i think we're done for today thanks for hanging out with this edition of did you america don't forget if you want to vote for song of the week you can do on my twitter i'll have a poll there i am at ian canfield on twitter if you would like like to uh, vote via the website or send us any messages didyouamerica.com is the place to go to for that you can be on the show if you want to leave us a voice message or if you don't like the sound of your own voice you can just uh, type us a message if you've got any thoughts on anything we've been discussing or maybe some thoughts on things we should be discussing uh, talk to us via the website uh, it's also where you can hear older episodes of this show didyouamerica.com is the place to go to for that where you can also buy t-shirts how lovely do our did you america t-shirts feel jeremy oh so good on your nipples did we america today you know we did and now back to the prince philip obituary <laughs> <laughs>